Welcome to the 12th episode of Innovation Matters, a podcast organized by the Netherlands Innovation Network. In this episode, I'll first have a conversation with my guests about her research in genetics and stem cells. Then we'll have a conversation about promoting the role of women in academia. This podcast episode is broadcasted from Shanghai, China. My guest today is Professor Gu. She is Deputy Director of BGI Research in Shenzhen. She has a background in genomics, omics, stem cells, and biotechnology. We met about a month or two ago when we both spoke at BGI's International Conference on Genomics about women in academia. During our conversation, we talked about Professor Gu's background and current work in academia and her view on the position of women in academia currently. Hi there, Professor thank Gu. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today in the podcast. Uh, please give us a short introduction. So what has been your academic career and how did you end up working at BGI? Hi, Claire. Thank you so much to provide this great opportunity for me to share my experience and research works. Um, I obtained my bachelor's degree in biotechnology at Zhejiang University and then joined the Cancer Institute at Zhejiang University for my master's degree uh, and my major at that time as oncology. In 2006, I went to Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center uh, in USA to pursue my PhD study. And after I got my PhD degree in development biology, I moved to Salk Institute and joined Dr. Belmonte's lab uh, where I focused on stem cell biology. And also at Salk, I learned about the genomics, the high throughput sequencing technologies. And therefore I know BGI, which is kind of the leading group in the genomics field. So yeah. when I came back to China in 2014, I chose BGI as my first job and work here from then on. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's very cool that you said that you you know you you started to study uh, uh, genomics and then you decided you know BGI is the leading uh, Chinese institute in genomics so then you just yeah. you know you you knew you wanted to to start to work there. <laughs> so throughout your career, what has really been your research focus? I heard some terms in your in your previous answer. You know, oncology, genomics, stem cells. What would you say has been your research focus? Uh, throughout my career, my research was uh, mostly focusing on the cellular biology, especially the stem cell biology. Um, in my PhD study, uh, my work was on the primordial germ cell, which is the embryonic precursors of the uh, sperms and eggs. This population of cells uh, have many important features uh, and they share similarities with the embryonic stem cells, which we heard uh, many times during our news. And these types of cells are highly motile during embryonic development. And uh, through movement and development, they finally achieve, arrived to the gonad and gave rise to the sperms and eggs. My PhD work was to investigate the signaling pathways that regulate 
germ cell migration in mouse embryos. And uh, through those studies, we know how these types of stem cells can be regulated during the embryonic development. So after my PhD uh, study, I moved to Dr. Biomonti's lab, where I continued my study in primordial germ cells to develop culture conditions to induce the stem cell differentiation into germ cells. In addition, I also study the stem cell biology to set up high efficiency protocols to differentiate the embryonic stem cell to cardiomyocytes, which we can in the future to use this kind of cells to treat heart diseases. So uh, before I joined BGI, my work was all about the stem cell to study the signaling pathways, the culture protocols, the differentiation protocols. And after I joined BGI, I continued my research work on stem cell using a more uh, current technologies such as the single cell sequencing technologies as well mm -hmm. as the sterosic technologies. So basically my research focus was always stem cells. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah, I can really uh, sense that you have really been focusing on stem cells for a very long time, different types, and also trying to research, um, you know, how we can eventually try to use uh, stem cells and stem cell treatment to treat cardiovascular diseases or maybe even oncology diseases, something like that. So how would you describe what are stem cells and what can you achieve with stem cell therapies? Can you briefly go into that a little bit? Sure. Actually, stem cells are so important. It's because they can be used in, uh, in therapies to treat different diseases. Uh, stem cells are the cells that can differentiate and mature into other types of cells. Uh, they can also to self-renew, which is they can divide and pr produce more stem cells. So it can be used to uh, replenish other cell types in our body, function as a repairing system. Like a regenerative uh, type of uh, yeah. cell. Yeah, yes. yeah, to regenerate, yeah. Because we have, during development, the, the embryonic stem cell differentiate into different uh, cell lineages, the precursors, and then differentiate into uh, like many diverse types of cells which uh, have different functions in our body. But when we grow up in adult, we do not have such a huge pool of stem yeah. cells <laughs> that can regenerate. Therefore, we have many problems in our body. And stem cell biology kind of provide new avenues to treatment uh, mm -hmm. to use this stem cell, either the knowledge part or the like cell product to treat diseases. Actually, there are several types of stem cell therapies. For example, uh, people are using the blood stem cell to transplant into patients to treat uh, a variety of blood cancers, such as leukemia. Mm -hmm. And also, there are like the bone marrow transplantation, which is also used as a stem cell in bone marrow to treat diseases. Mm -hmm. And there are ongoing researches to use like the cord blood stem cells 
to differentiate into different kind of uh, cell types, such as which I mentioned before, the cardiomyocyte to treat yeah. heart diseases. So there are several directions of stem cell therapy to use stem cell to treat uh, uh, diverse types of diseases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think you already kind of went into this because you already explained the the many possibilities that there are for stem cells and stem cell therapies. But how would you describe or the how would you describe the power or the future of stem cells and stem cell application in research? Why do you why are you so passionate about studying stem cells? There are many research and clinical studies have shown that stem cells have a great potential in disease treatment. Yeah. Uh, why this is so important? Because for disease research, uh, there are several diseases. We know the mechanism underlying the disease, and we can find the target to develop treatment such mm-hmm. as the chemical drugs or other like antibodies, such as these types of drugs. But there are also several diseases which is caused by the uh, mutations in stem cells. That means we have uh, an organ which contain the cells which mutations the disease dysfunction cells. And it's a systematic disease which may not be easily treated uh, by one drug or chemical to, uh, to treat the pathways or signaling regulation pathways. It's quite complicated. Their way, the best or the, the efficient way to treat this kind of disease is to kind of replace the dysfunction cells with the uh, healthy cells. And these healthy cells can be generated from the stem cell because they are capable to differentiate into many kinds of cell types in our body. Yeah. They they can generate by themselves. They can self-renew. Therefore, the stem cell is so important in this uh, therapy development. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you can start to use uh, stem cells and inject it into every muscle, into every part of a human, you know, you can really try to create like an immortal type of human. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That is the like a long-term goal. <laughs> we still encounter many different difficulties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, so shifting a little bit, um, in the Netherlands, a lot of uh, research funding is shifting from funding research that is very fundamental and basic to funding research that helps to solve a societal challenge, like certain diseases, whether it's like a hereditary disease, infectious disease, or a disease in the field of oncology. The, the debate is like the debate between more basic and more applied sciences. Where do you see yourself and your team and this uh, distinction? Would you say that you and your team are more on the, on the fundamental side of research, the applied side, or maybe even a combination of both? Um, I would say both. Yeah. Because to us... Uh, both the basic side and the uh, application side are both important. Um, 
actually, we have two major directions in our current research. Okay. One is on the scientific discoveries in mechanisms and technologies. Because if we want to use stem cells to treat disease, first, we need to understand the mechanism underlying the disease, yeah. the development, and the regeneration process. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we can regulate the stem cells on our purpose to replace the dysfunction cells. Mm -hmm. For example, as I mentioned before in my uh, postdoc training, I have a project to differentiate the stem cell into cardiomyocyte. Yeah. So this is based on the study on the mechanisms of cardiomyocyte development, uh, we can find the pathways, the molecules regulate this process. And then we kind of uh, transfer this knowledge into the protocol, which we can differentiate stem cell into cardiomyocyte in vitro in the cultured dish. Without the knowledge of development, we do not know how to do that. Mm-hmm. in the lab, in a dish. So the basic science part is quite important. Mm-hmm. And to treat the disease, we need to know the disease well. Otherwise, we cannot treat it. And on the other side, we are also working on therapy development, which is more uh, application side. We are using stem cells to treat monogenic disease, such as uh, uh, beta thalassemia. And we are also using the T-cell to treat cancer through the immunotherapy. And on this side, we're more focusing on the how to uh, kind of manipulate those cells with a high efficiency protocol and how to control the the whole procedure in a well-controlled process that way we can be used, uh, these cells can be used in patient in the clinical side. So it's two directions. I, I think both of them are quite important in stem cell therapy development. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You cannot do any applied uh, research or wanting to apply you know, stem cell therapies if you don't really understand the process and the regenerative yeah. capabilities of stem cells before you start this yeah. uh, this process. So uh, would you like to um, share in terms of doing both basic and applied research, um, what types of research outcomes do you hope to achieve? Maybe uh, you can share something that you and your team are currently working on. Um, Are there any diseases you would like to find a cure or a solution to? Yes, we on both sides will all we both have the uh, project on both sides. Uh, For the basic part, Actually, we are using a very uh, interesting model, the axolotl, which is the animal host great potential in regeneration. Uh, they can regenerate almost every organ in their body. So we use this model <laughs> system to study the stem cell and the regeneration process. And yeah. also we use the uh, newly developed technology, the sterosic, uh, which is the technology to get the special information as well as uh, uh, transcriptome sequencing information at the same time. So uh, with that tool, I believe our standing of 
uh, our understanding of stem cell biology will be further improved. Uh, we are looking into how those cells in axolotl brain can regenerate and differentiate into new neurons when we made the injury in the axolotl brain. And we hope to find some key molecules or pathways or the events uh, which occurred during this process. In that mm -hmm. way, we can use this information to develop other therapeutic uh, targets in mammalian regeneration, especially for human regeneration. So this is the basic part. Mm -hmm. And for the uh, applied research part, uh, as I mentioned, I, uh, we are working on the monogenic blood disease, the beta thalassemia. Mm -hmm. so we are using the uh, blood stem cell and uh, using the blood stem cell from the patient, which contain the mutation, and we cracked those dysfunction cells with a gene therapy strategy. We put a function healthy gene back into those stem cells. And after manipulation, we transplant the cells back to the patient. Therefore, mm -hmm. the patient have the functional stem cells in their mm. bone marrow, and then they can generate function blood cells kind of to reconstitute their uh, blood function and uh, kind of treat the disease. So this is the applied research part. And we're now uh, in the process of applying to IND for the clinical trial for this direction. Oh, the yeah. IND is kind of the approval for the clinical trail. Thank you for sharing more, more about the, the work that you and your team have done. I'm quite uh, curious about uh, BGI and how you view the institute that you work for yourself. Do you think you and yourself really uh, stimulate the valorization of research? Are you really looking forward to getting patents approved and moving towards the application of stem cell therapies in industry? Or is it more an effect of the research that you are doing? Or are you really focusing on moving, you know, towards this uh, application of, uh, towards industry? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. BGI yeah. research, our research institute, I think one uh, feature of our research institute is they are focusing on the move, moving towards the application part, yeah, as well as the basic research part. <laughs> because uh, you may know that uh, the BGI group have a different department, and we also have the industry companies in our yeah. BGI group, the big group of um, BGI. And we have several directions in the research institute. Uh, one is the technology development in sequencing technologies. So those parts, uh, the research uh, there, the research project in that direction is mostly focusing on moving towards the industry needs to generate new sequencing technologies to kind of uh, develop new equipment for the sequencing. And mm -hmm. uh, other types of projects in BGI, such as uh, which 
my group is working on also have the basic part as well as the applied research part. And for the applied part, we are really want to uh, transfer our discoveries into real applications, which mm -hmm. I, I mentioned before, the, the, the beta thalassemia uh, treatment development in our group. Right now we are applying for the clinical trial. Um, and after that, we really hope we can uh, have our uh, treatment strategy to be used in real uh, hospitals to treat real patients. Yeah, I guess and, you uh, want to see the success stories behind what you're currently developing right now. <laughs> yes, and, and even the basic research part, although this is kind of focusing on the uh, scientific discoveries, as well as some, like we also have some groups working on the evolution, like the uh, the plants, the animals, the bacteria, kind of the, the earth, like the different species on the earth. But we are also focusing on how our discoveries can be used into application in the future. Maybe right, not right now, but in the future, I think the knowledge we obtained from our study will benefit future therapy development or mm -hmm. benefit agriculture development. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, what, what do you mean with um, agricultural development? Uh, because we are also working on like, the, the plants and animals to study the genomics of different species to compare oh. how their species uh, like developed and how this diversity of the earth species mm -hmm. occurred such such things and we also compare for uh, for example the um rice you may know we, we have different kind of rice yeah yeah some of them are have like uh uh, better uh, characters, but some of them are not that good. So we compare the the uh, species with different features and find the genomic um, features which yeah, yeah. corresponding to their phenotypes. And therefore, we can use these uh, genomic markers to do the breeding in agriculture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because some crops have higher yield than other crops or are more durable yes. in drier or wetter places. Yeah, but yeah, you're they have, they um, have different traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and your team are not specifically focusing on agricultural genomic types? Uh, not our group, but okay. we have <laughs> other groups in BGI research. Because yeah, yeah. BGI research is a really huge, yeah, yeah. we have several directions. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think BGI is really doing, uh, is really making a lot of moves in terms of um, contributing to global understanding of uh, genomes yeah we, we're we are uh, working on the technology development as well as scientific research and our goal is to using the is to use the genomic technologies for mm -hmm. better lives
For the next half of our conversation, I would like to steer our conversation to one of my uh, more favorite topics, the position of women in academia. We met about a month or two ago when we both spoke at this international conference about the role of uh, women in academia. And uh, after this conference, I contacted you and I really wanted to do this podcast together with you about uh, to, to speak more about the position of women in academia, the current position, how uh, we are starting to include more women. So, so my first question to you is that it's really great that you like to, to promote the role of, uh, to promote the topic of women in science in China. Why do you feel so strongly about this topic? I think because uh, women scientists are really important in research and they have been contribute greatly to the development of science. But compared to male scientists, females often encounter much more difficulties in work and life. The intention of Women's Science Conference is to highlight the science that the women scientists uh, and science business leaders are carrying out. And we, we also hope to provide information about women-specific challenges we have faced in our careers. Mm-hmm. And the conference kind of gave us an opportunity to uh, communicate like with each other and to share the, our experience and to give advices to young female scientists and to how to uh, pursue in their career, how to achieve the career advancement and to balance the life between the family and work. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. Yeah, I think it was really a great, um, not only like a platform to to give uh, women the the voice to to speak, but also a great moment to just come together and share experiences and build yeah. each other up. So, how would you say you currently view the the role of women, like the standing of women in science? The first of all, I, I think women contribute greatly in mm-hmm. in science. We have so many. Uh, outstanding female scientists uh, in our research field, as well as uh, many other different fields. And I I think right now there are more role models of women scientists have been presented. Uh, But when we look back, I did see the role of women in science have been kind of ignored for such a long time. We have so many great female scientists contribute greatly, but we actually didn't hear a lot mm-hmm. about their stories. Mm-hmm. So um, I think right now the role of women in science is quite important, but we need to make more effort to help women in science uh, to uh to achieve more and let the community hear more voices from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really uh, empower each other and build each other up and really give each other the, the chance to speak about either positive or negative experiences and how we are yes. progressing in our academic careers. So how would you how would you look towards the position of women in science currently in, in China? 
first, the, I, I think the uh, things are getting better <laughs> right now in China, because as I mentioned, there are several role models of women scientists have been yeah. present. So uh, this is very important because this kind of models can encourage young females to pursue in science. And there are also like educational opportunities of higher education. Uh, there are more and more opportunities can be provided to female population, which, mm -hmm. which is not that easy in the past decades because education is quite important for the, the scientist development. And in career development, uh, I did see an great improvement in gender equality concerning job opportunities and the salary level. And the age limitations in many grant applications are kind of more relaxed for female. Okay. I, I think because the, the grants uh, kind of consider more about the uh, family burden <laughs> most most <laughs> the female scientists need to uh, think about and therefore they kind of uh, put a more relaxed age limitation for grant application in china for female scientists okay uh, yeah though females still have to struggle work with their family commitments um, more and more support have provided from the company and society to help female scientists with such, uh, such difficulties, such as mm -hmm. the, the babysitting service, mm -hmm. uh, as well as many like uh, helping uh, systems. And also I did see grants, uh, especially for young female scientists. So I, I do see a uh, uh, like a change coming, in, yeah. yeah, like the change coming in China for the position of women in science. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great, and I definitely notice it too. Not only in China, but also in Europe or in the Netherlands. So um, I think you already touched on this a little bit before, but do you think we should have um, more policies to help women be more included in the in you know, in the academic world, or do you think it should be more of a natural process? And I think for policies, you already mentioned like these babysitting services to, to help women be able to leave the house and not only have to take care of the children, but also like paternity leave or maternity leave or um, yeah. um, making a grant uh, application processes easier. Do you, do you, how, how do you view this like balance between natural or more policy-driven changes? Um, I think policy-driven changes are really important. Mm -hmm. And one most, I think one of the most important things is to have, have more women in policy-making groups. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, they know which like, policies like they, are necessary. Yeah, <laughs> which policies are necessary for, from yeah. the female thinking, not the males. And yeah, I, I mean, we, we need a balance because we need we need both the men and the female to think about yes. the policies for both men and females, right? <laughs> yes. Not only males think about the policies for yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I think female in policymaking groups are really important to let the community hear more vo- voices from the female side, mm-hmm. and especially in the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they can kind of the policies are really for women. Mm-hmm. I I think this is the most important thing. And we still need more grants for women. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, Because the the ratio of female versus male in science field are still not very equal. So (laughs) we we, we need more grants for female scientists, especially the young female scientists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Develop well. Yeah. And also, or uh, although we we already have the babysitting service in mm-hmm. some of the companies, but not all. So we still need to have support from the society and employee com- uh, companies. And another important thing is, as you may know, the education of children is quite important for families in China. And most of the time, the mother is the person who is responsible <laughs> for the education of children. Yeah. yeah so uh, um, as well as the babysitting service, we do think we, we need to have more support from society to help female scientists with uh, education of their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Therefore for they sure. they can have more time for their career development. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. They, they need to stay at home to ha- kind of help with their uh, homeworks of their babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point also. Um. So I think we already are at the the last question that I wanted to ask you today. And um, that is besides speaking at conferences about like international academic cooperation and the inclusion of women, what are some final ways that you think we can include and highlight more women in the field of STEM and in genomics and academia in general, besides the, the policies you already mentioned how, how would you like to spotlight and highlight more women? Um, I I don't think because uh, for the international academic uh, conferences and the policy making, I, I do think it's quite important to have more opportunity to let the female scientists to speak out to the whole uh, society. Because most of the time, um, females in China are still, uh, people are still think the, the family responsibilities need to be kind of taken by female instead of male. Yeah. So I, I do think we need to have more female scientists, especially the successful ones, as well as the uh, females encounter huge difficulties to stand out and speak to the whole population about their stories, to let people know the real lives female scientists are like experiencing every day. 
Yeah, for and sure. And also let people know that there are opportunities for women besides only caring for the household. Yes, yes, definitely. The the for the female part, we need to encourage the the young girls who has this, um, uh, who has uh, like passion in science to pursue with their career because we we did see lots uh, young girls kind of drop during their career development, kind of mm -hmm. in the middle of their PhD study or like quit just after they got the degree. So mm -hmm. we need to have those uh, successful female scientists stand out and talking about their uh, development experience to encourage young girls to pursue in science mm -hmm. because this is not easy. Mm -hmm. And we also need to have some uh, female scientists who are encouraging, uh, encountering like difficulties or who has experienced many difficulties in their career development to talk about their, uh, their experience, especially the negative parts. <laughs> Mm -hmm. To let the community know, let the society know things are not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. To really yeah. stimulate so, change. Yeah. 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 To stimulate change. Because uh, most of the time, I don't think many people really know all the details about mm -hmm. the life for female scientists. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think to, to, I think that your point is really valid that we should not only highlight you know, the, the positives and share experiences of women that are very cheerful and encouraging, but also highlight, yeah. you know, the, the negative sides of being a female scientist in a male world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but I, I think things are getting better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for, for answering all my questions. I think we are... We have arrived at the end of our podcast and uh, I'm, uh, I'm very happy that I got to speak to you about these topics. Thank you so much, Claire. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Professor Gu, and thank you for your time. More information on Professor Gu and her research can be found on our website, netherlandsinnovation.nl, and here you can also leave your comments. If you would like to reach us, please send an email to china at netherlandsinnovation.nl. I hope you'll tune in again.